Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. We're going to jump into the Word of God today, and um, before I do, I'd love to pray because that we, we sang that song that uh, if you don't show up, I'm nothing unless you come, and I was just feeling like, Lord, if you don't come and show up, uh, this what I want to share is so far beyond uh, what I have to give, so I'm going to just pray a quick prayer as we dive in. Father God, I pray that as we open your Word today, that you would speak to every heart here, speak to my heart here, let your truth transform. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, um, I want to read a scripture, start with a scripture that I declared over our church a couple weeks back uh, as we were kicking off this new year together. And it's found in Psalm 65, verse 11. And I want you, if, they can, if you have it on the screens, I want you to say this uh, with me out loud. Psalm 65, 11 says, you crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. Now let's say it again. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths has drip with the I am praying for Healing Place Church and for your life that right from the beginning of this year that God would crown this year with his goodness, with his, the word in the original language means favor, that just as a crown sits on the top of a head and covers that head, that God would cover this year with his goodness and favor over your life. And if you were to read Psalm 65, it's a Psalm of David when Israel was going through a, a pretty rough time. The, the, the time right before this, the ground had been hardened by drought, the enemy had come in and plundered everything and they were just coming out of a hardship, a hard time. And I realize that some of you might be coming out of a hard year last year. Like you're thanking God that 2018 is gone in Jesus' name, right? Well, I'm going to tell you, man, right from the beginning of this year, we are going to believe that God is going to do a new thing. But you got to believe it. What do you believe in God for? What, 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 what are you believing God is going to do this coming year? And if your response is, well, I don't know, Todd, probably just more of the same, same problems, same stuff, then that's probably what you're going to get. Who is forecasting your future? CNN, constant negative news, or how about we let this word be our word for our life this year in Jesus' name, amen? What if we say, God, I believe that you are gonna crown my year with your goodness and my, your paths, as I walk in your paths, they are gonna drip with abundance. By the way, did you know that our God is a God of abundance? That abundance is actually a biblical word, that there is nothing honoring about lack, God doesn't want you to lack. He doesn't want you lacking creativity. He doesn't want you lacking resources. He doesn't want you lacking in in relationships. He wants it to thrive and and overflow in your life. And so this year I am praying that we will walk in abundance in every part of our lives. Now, the reason I started with that is because what you declare over your life matters. The words that you speak and declare over this coming year, they matter. Declarations are powerful things. They are proclamations of intent. They don't just state what is or what was. They actually state what will be. They actually call into existence what is not yet seen. And all through the Bible, when I read the Bible, I see people who by their declarations, by the words that they declared in their life, it changed their life. And it changed the life of all the people around them. I think about um, 
Remember David, when he, uh, he was watching his father's sheep and his dad sent him down to go take care of his brothers that were fighting a battle uh, against the Philistines. And they were, he was taking them food. He was delivering some bread and, 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 and meat to them. And he got down to there and he saw that there wasn't much of a battle going on. That in fact, there was this big giant standing out in the middle of this valley yelling insults at the Israelites and at their God. And David shows up and he's like, what is going on with that? Come on, somebody. Somebody's got to take that joker out. And, and, and David, remember, he, he, he runs, he can't wear Saul's outfit. He runs and grabs five stones, and he makes this declaration in 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. He says, you come against me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, whom you have defiled. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you, and I will cut off your head. And he did it. And guess what? That changed everything. Changed everything for David. It changed everything for Israel. There was a guy uh, in, in the book of Judges. Let me get to it. Judges uh, chapter 6. And uh, the guy's name is Gideon. And Gideon was uh, hiding out because all of the enemies of Israel, all they did was attack Israel day and night, night and day. And anytime Israel got anything, they came in and took it away. And so Gideon is hiding in a hole in a ground thrashing wheat. Here's what it says in Judges 6.3. That whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the Termites all invaded the, just making sure you're awake, all invaded the country. They camped on the land and they ruined the crops all the way from Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel. Look at that, neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkey. The Israelites had nothing. They had actually lost hope to live. They were in a place of constant defeat and discouragement. Have you ever been there? I have. And Gideon's hiding out in a hole, thrashing wheat, which is not where you thrash wheat. You don't thrash wheat down in a hole. You thrash wheat out so the wind can carry the bad part away and you got the wheat. But he's in a hole because he's scared that the enemy is going to come in and take his stuff, right? And so he's hiding out. And in verse 12, it says, an angel of the Lord shows up behind him and makes this declaration. Verse 12, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Got the picture? So Gideon's scared, but this angel comes up and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. You know that Gideon probably went, say what? Who, who, who are you talking about? No mighty warrior living here. Like he lives in the next farm over. He's, he must not be, not be here, which tells me that the way you see you and the way God sees you is totally different. I don't have time to go there, but you just need to know it's different. So the angel tells him, no, 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 God is going to use you to do amazing things to defeat the armies that have been plaguing your people and your life. And uh, Gideon comes up with all these excuses of why he can't do it and why he's not that, right? And if we had time to read the full story, which I do not, but you ought to, Gideon becomes exactly who the angel of the Lord declares that he is, a mighty warrior used by God to change his world and change what was going on in the world. But it started, I want you to see, it started with a declaration, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, if, if, you, if you've uh, been around church very long, you've probably heard the Proverbs found in Proverbs 18.21 that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Would you say that with me out loud at all the locations? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. One version say words kill or words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You get to choose. And I believe 
that one of the greatest revelations that we can get once we understand who Jesus is and the Holy Spirit is and we're walking in this life that God has for us is to understand the power of our words. That our words can actually give life or they can kill. Man, they can actually build up the situation and the people in your life or they can actually tear down what's going on in your life. So the words that you speak over yourself and over your situations and over your family, they are powerful and they are actually prophetic. I've done some study this past year on what declarations do. I just wanna mention three of them to you. The first thing I see in the Bible, the declarations frame your future. They frame your future. They are declarations of faith and they're actually calling into existence what does not yet exist. It's what the angel did when he was there with Gideon. Because when the angel showed up and said, uh, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon wasn't a mighty warrior yet. He hadn't done one thing to be a mighty warrior yet. But that declaration actually framed Gideon's future. And then I thought about David when he picked up those stones and ran towards Goliath and said, I am taking you out today. You're done. Man, that declaration framed David's future. Future, everything changed for David in that moment after that declaration was declared. It's like a statement of faith when you speak it. It may not be what you see right now, but that's what faith is, right? Hebrews 11, uh, verse 1 says, now faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance about what we have not yet seen. It's, it's not yet happened, but I am confident that it's happened. So I'm going to speak words of faith over my life in this coming year in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus even said it in Mark uh, chapter 11. Let me get to it. Mark chapter 11. uh, He said, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he what? Says will be done. He will have whatever he what? Says. Notice It doesn't say whoever believes in his heart that that mountain will move, will move. It says whoever believes that whatever he says will be done. Declarations frame your future. So let me ask you, what declaration do you need to make right at the beginning of this year over your life, over your marriage, over what God has on you? What do you need to declare that is in alignment with God's word so you can see it come forth this year in 2019 in Jesus' name? The second thing I learned about declarations is declarations unlock your destiny. Declarations unlock your, your declarations will unlock your destiny. Go back to Gideon. Man, Gideon, that one declaration unlocked his destiny. He was not designed to be scared, nervous, anxious, fearful, hiding out in a hole somewhere. God had big plans for his life. And guess what? God has some big plans for your life, but you're going to have to speak it out and say, okay, God, I am declaring that you've got some big things for me to do this year, and I'm going to step into it. I'm not going to let fear or worry or anxiety or what other people think of me or fear of failure keep me back. Think about David. He was destined to be more than a pizza delivery guy, right? He wasn't just supposed to deliver food. Maybe he was to be king. He was destined for authority. I think about Peter in the, in the New Testament. Before his name was Peter, it was Simon. Remember Jesus in Matthew 16 gathered with all of his disciples and he said, who do men say that I am? And they, he said, some of them, oh, some of you're like prophet Jeremiah or Elisha or Elijah and they're like humming all around. He goes, ah, oh, okay, but who do you say I am? And Peter spoke up first, of course, because Peter always speaks up. And he says, oh, I know, I know. You are the Christ, 
the son of the living God. And Jesus stopped and said, you are right. And now I call you rock. You are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And that declaration of Jesus over Peter changed everything for Peter. So there's power in our words to unlock destinies. Think about this verse in James chapter 3, uh, verses 4 and 5. Look at this. It says, look at ships. Although they are large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Say those next four words with me. Even so the tongue. Now we know it goes on to say that even so the tongue can do damage and start forest fires and all that. But you've got to remember in the original language, there wasn't a, a period right there after um, Pilate desires. It was one thought. So what he was saying here was, even so the tongue, the, we're driven in the direction of our, of our words that we declare over our lives. Your words are a rudder, right? You control your words. You control your life. And I believe that declarations will unlock your destiny. And the third thing I learned about declarations as I study the word was that declarations will determine your deliverance. It will determine if you get set free from some things that have been holding you back. How do we know? I'm glad you asked. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Look what it says. We demolish arguments and every pretension or lie, is what that word means, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take, what's that word? Captive. We take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. Now the Apostle Paul, if you can leave that scripture up for just a minute, is giving us a secret so that we are not controlled by the enemy's strongholds in our lives. A stronghold is any place where the enemy has kind of set himself up in your life to fight against you. It could be, it could be uh, unforgiveness uh, towards the rams. That's, that could be a stronghold. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but unforgiveness towards a person that uh, has hurt you. And every time you hear their name or you see them, you get all, mm, you know what I'm saying? That's a stronghold. Uh, it can be anger, it can be your tongue, it could be some bad habit that you keep going back to. And Paul's saying, here's the way that you break that stronghold. You take it captive. You take that lie captive and make it obedient to the truth. But for to make it obedient to the truth, you've got to declare the truth over the lie. Because you cannot listen to a lie while you are speaking the truth. I've tried. It doesn't work that way. And here's a, So when the enemy comes at you and tells you you're all alone, Nobody's with you. Nobody's got your back. You can just go, no, no, no. My Bible says that my God will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He'll never walk out on me. That Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So I'm good, right? You declare the truth over the lie. When the enemy comes at you and tells you the situation is hopeless, the marriage is hopeless, the business is dead, the situation over here, there's no hope, you gotta go, wait a minute, no, I'm not gonna let fear rise up in me. I'm gonna declare what David declared in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, so I'm not even gonna want, my soul will not even know the meaning of that word. He, even though he, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because my God is with me, amen? And, and some of you today might be in a valley. You might be in a place today where something's holding you down or dragging you down. And if you're going through a valley, I want to tell you, just keep going through the valley, right? Don't, don't stop. Keep moving. Get through it. David said there, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say, even though I walk to the valley, thank God. He said, I walk through the valley. So if you're walking through the valley, just keep walking. God is going to get you through it. Your valley is not your finale. Hey, somebody needs to hear that word today. You can tweet that out. Your valley is not your finale. Your God is going to get you through. 
And, and I love that David, when he said that, he said, even though I walk through the valley. He didn't say, even though I run through the valley, which is what I would do. You know, I'll get out of here as fast as I can. No, he's like, you can almost see David with a little bit of attitude, you know? Even though I have to walk through the valley of the, he had a little swagger in his step, right? He got a little bit of confidence on him. Even though I walk through this valley of the shadow of death, I'm not gonna fear, why? Because he knew his God was all that. It wasn't that he was all that. It was like, my God is all that, and my God is with me, and my God will never leave me, and I'm here to tell somebody, your God is not gonna leave you. He's gonna get through, you get you through whatever you're going through. Your valley is not your finale. Turn and tell your neighbor, your valley is not your finale, in Jesus' name. It may, it may feel like the valley of death. It may look like death all around you. It may smell like death. Let me tell you, it's sitting there, even though I walked through the valley of the shadow. Of, it's not death, it's just a shadow. And wherever there is a shadow, there has to be some light. So don't focus on the shadow, focus on the light. Jesus is your light. He is your hope, amen? He is your hope. So, so what you declare over your circumstances, what you declare over your life, man, it matters for this coming year. And so what are we gonna declare? We're gonna declare the word of God. It says in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the, would you say that with me? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why it's so important when you hear the word of God, when it's professed over you or declared over you or you declare it over yourself, um, man, it changes things. Why you gotta get to church on the weekend? Because you need to be reminded who you are. When you get in this place, not every other weekend, not every third weekend, but every weekend you get here and you hear the songs being declared of truth over your life. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Man, I'm ready. I can come in all down and worried about something, but I start singing those songs, declaring the truth of God over my life, hearing the word of God preached by Pastor Mike, man, I'm ready to charge hell with a water pistol. Come on, bring it on. Come on, somebody. But I don't want you to wait till Sunday to make a declaration. In fact, I believe there are three declarations that you need to make today at the beginning of this year. And the first declaration that we need to make is we have to declare freedom over our past. We need to declare freedom. The day of freedom has come. So many people that I talk to and I, I pray with, they can't get past their past. Past mistakes and past failures and things that happened to them and things that they did have paralyzed them and it's almost become this prison around them. They've built up these, these walls. And I want you to hear something. Your past does not define you. What Jesus Christ did on the cross defines you. And my Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come, right? And in the Greek, that word anyone means anyone. Ha, <laughs> doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how many times you've done it. That means if you are in Christ and you are surrendered to him and surrendered to the Holy Spirit, that he comes in and wipes everything from your past clean and you are a new creation ready to live a new life. So then all of a sudden, your past is a point of reference, but it's not a place of residence. It's a point of reference. You learn from it, but you don't live there, right? You move on from it. And you walk into your destiny that God has for you. Don't let your past situations determine your future destination and what God wants to do in you and where he wants to take you. You have to declare freedom. You gotta declare freedom over pain from your past. Somebody did something to you and you've been holding on to it for too long. You don't need to hold on to it any longer. That offense, that hurt, and it might have been horrible what happened to you. 
But if you hold on to it, it actually holds on to you and keeps you back from living the life that God's got you to live. And he's got a big life for you to live. So you need to today declare freedom over your past. You need to say, listen, I am not who my past says I am. I am who God says I am. I am chosen. I am loved. I have a future. I have a hope. You need to declare freedom from what your parents and your grandparents maybe got dragged through and say, what was on them is not going to be on me. This is a new day. I am free in Jesus' name. Amen? What did Jesus say in John 8, 36? He said, say it with me out loud, if the Son has set you free, you will be free indeed. Say it again. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Have you, have you ever looked at that verse and thought, well, what's the difference between free and free indeed? Like, if you're free, isn't that, isn't that good enough, like, just to be free? I started thinking about a story I heard several years back. The summer of 2015, these two guys, Richard, Matt, and David Sweat, were uh, escaped from an, a high uh, prison uh, up in New York City. It was a uh, high-guarded high, uh, high guarded prison. They had both committed horrible murders, but over the course of several weeks and months, they dug their way out of this prison and escaped. And they, they led uh, authorities on a three-week manhunt, some of you might remember this, up through several states around New York. I mean, they were running all over, chasing them. They were uh, out in barns, hiding out in the woods. They were hiding out in cabins until they were finally caught. Now, when I think about it, those guys, they were... They were free, but they were not free indeed. They, they were free. They were out, but they were on the run. They were free, but they were looking over their shoulder wondering, how long is this going to last until, we, until this all catches up with us? What's going to happen here? Jesus says, I don't want you to be that kind of free. I want you to be free indeed. I don't want your past mistakes or past failures to haunt you. I don't want you living like an escaped convict. I don't want you living like a runaway. I don't want you looking over your shoulder wondering when your yesterday is going to catch up with your today. You need to declare freedom from your past and walk in that freedom and declare it every day in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. The second declaration that I believe we as followers of Jesus Christ must make is we have to declare peace over our problems. We have to declare peace over our problems. And let me just say this. Everybody's got problems. All God's children got some problems, right? Young people got problems. Old people got problems. Poor people got problems. Rich people got problems. Some of you are like, I'll take theirs. You know what I'm um, Single people got problems. They want to be married. Married people got problems. They don't want to be married. I mean, yeah, everybody got problems. And the world says that peace comes from an absence of problems. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus even said, in this world, you are going to have problems. But take cheer. I've overcome this world. And I'm going to give you, he says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, which means it is different peace than what the world has to offer you. He's going to offer you something that, that goes beyond what your mind can, can comprehend, a peace that no matter of what's going on around you, it doesn't change what's happening on the inside of you. Because Jesus is peace. There was a story when the disciples were crossing over on the Sea of Galilee and Jesus was in the boat and a bad storm came up and they were rowing with all their might. They thought they were going to die. And remember, they were seasoned fishermen, but they thought they were going to die. And Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. I don't know how you do that, but he's sleeping because these boats were little. He's sleeping in the back of the boat. He's probably got water splashed on his face. He's out because he is, he's peace. That's who he is, right? And so they wake Jesus up and they go, no, we're going to die. So fear and worry and problem. And Jesus stands up. And he speaks three words over that storm. Remember it? Peace, be still. And instantly the winds and the waves, they stop. And the disciples look at each other and go, 
who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey his command? I'll tell you who he is. He's the one who made the winds and the waves. So they have to obey what he says. And do you know that some of you need to speak those same words, peace be still, over your storms? You got some storms going on on the inside. You got storms in your family. You got problems in your finances or in your health. And it's causing fear and anxiety to well up in you. And you need to be like Jesus. Just get on the front of the boat and go, peace, be still. And you may say, well, Todd, that's, that's Jesus. I mean, he can, he can do that. I can't, I can't do that. That's Jesus. Man. No, no, no. Jesus told us in John 14, he said, you will do even greater things than I have done. So if you believe the words of Jesus, that means that you can get up to your problem this week and declare peace over your problem. You can say, problem, peace be still. I'm going to speak the name that is above every name. Anything you can name, Jesus' name is greater. So I'm going to speak that name over my problem in Jesus' name. Amen? Some Some of you need to stop telling God about your problems and start telling your problems about your God. And you'd be going, my God is with me. My God will never leave me. My God will never forsake me. He, he, will give me, he will give me everything I need according to his riches and glory. through Christ. That's who my God is, so I'm good, right? I have peace. My family is going to have peace. My home is going to be a home of peace. I am going to be an agent of peace. When I go into work or I go into school, my words are going to bring peace in Jesus' name. Declare peace over your problems. And the last one that I want to hit on today, and I'm going to spend the rest of the time on this because I believe out of all of the declarations that we need to make, this is one of the most important declarations we could ever make. And I believe that because of the situation of our souls and the situation of our world, hopelessness kind of abounds. So it's important that we declare hope over our future. Every day you need to declare that Jesus is your hope over your future. That the, the best with Jesus is yet to come. Your best is not in your rearview mirror. Jesus is out in front of you, calling you forward. So you need to step into it. Paul wrote in, in 1 Corinthians 2 9, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can even imagine the things that God has in store for those who love him. Now, let me tell you something. He's not talking about heaven in that passage, although heaven is going to be amazing. He's not talking about that. You read the scriptures. He's talking about when you walk in the spirit of God, you, are, you have no idea what he's going to lead you into. No eye has seen. Your ear can't even hear it. Your mind cannot even imagine what God has in store. And then we read in Ephesians 3.20 that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything we could think, even ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. And you may say, well, Todd, things don't look very hopeful right now in my family or in my marriage or in my situation. Well, do you know that when Paul wrote Ephesians 3.20, he was in prison, again, falsely accused, again, but somehow he had learned to not let his outward conditions affect the condition of his heart and drag him down into a place of despair and discouragement. And the reason that I believe this is so important for us to get a hold of is that we live in a, in a culture today where so many people are dealing with hopelessness. And dealing with despair, many of us today in this room, it is anxiety and hopelessness and a sense of, of, of nervousness about the future is what overwhelms us. So we have to get control of that. We need to understand, wait a minute, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind, which means my mind's not being controlled by, by fear, by that spirit that's trying to rob me of my joy. I'm going to declare hope over my future. We also know it says in Proverbs 13, 12, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. One version says when, the, when hope is crushed, the heart is crushed. So we have to get on guard and we go, well, I'm not going to let that happen to me. 
Man, I'm going to declare hope over my future. We had a, a couple in our, our church that had tried to uh, get pregnant and have kids uh, for quite some time. And then they, fin- they, and they finally did. After many years of trying, they, they got pregnant. They were so excited. They came up. They told us, we're pregnant. We're like, yeah, because we've been praying with them. And they came back a, a few weeks later. They said, we're pregnant with twins. So now they were half of as excited. They were like, oh, we have we're twins. So... But they, uh, they went through the pregnancy, and about a couple months into the pregnancy, the doctors ran some tests and said there's something seriously wrong with the babies, and they're not, they're not, uh, they're not growing, uh, and they're not going to live. The doctors gave them no hope. And I remember every Sunday, they came forward for a time of ministry and prayer because they were feeling hopeless. Hope was crushed. But they come into church, and they hear about a God who does the impossible. He actually, in fact, before it's impossible, you don't even need God. So when it gets impossible, hey, that's where God wants to show up and do his thing and show off. So they, were, they kept coming back to the house of hope because they know Jesus had hope for them. So they'd walk in this place. We'd pray for them. They'd go, okay, I'm going to believe what God says. And they'd walk out. Then they'd go back to the doctor and they'd be beat up again. They'd come back in, man, in and out. And I'm here to tell you that they, those babies were born. They were good as, good as new. They're running around our church now as like four-year-old little boys boys, terrorizing everything. It's awesome. They did, but they had to make the decision. We're going to declare hope over our future for our boys. We're going to declare that, um, that God has a good plan for our kids. We're going to declare that Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm my babies. Plans to give us a hope and a future. And so they began to make that declaration. Let me just tell you, some of you, some of you are giving the devil too much to work with. You're just talking negative. Well, never going to get any better than this. It's just going to be awful. And it's just going to be all I get. Nothing ever works out for me, Todd. I only get the lemons. Hey, it takes lemons to make lemonade, all right? So, so work with it, all right? I think you need to change the channel and start declaring Romans 8. If God is for me, who can mess with me? I ain't got, nobody can mess with me. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I'm going to declare the truth of God over my life. I'm going to declare that he's a good father. He's good. He's always good. He's got good plans for me. I'm going to declare that I'm blessed, that my marriage is blessed, that my home is blessed, that my kids are blessed, that my business is blessed. I don't even have a business yet, but it's going to be blessed in Jesus' name. I'm going to be blessed with creative ideas because I am made in the image of the creator. So I'm going to have creative ideas. And let me just stop and say this. By the way, this is not some power of positive thinking mumbo-jumbo. This is not a name it and claim it, blab it and grab it theology that I'm talking about here. I'm talking about you aligning yourself with the Word of God and specifically aligning your words with the Word. And when you do that, God will take you places you've never thought you could go and do things in you that you never thought He could do because He's God. It's what He does. This past week, my wife Julie and I were remembering something that happened 10 years ago. My son, who you saw the picture, his name's Jefferson, um, is 23, but when he was 13, we had a horrible uh, episode with him that uh, when he was born, he had some developmental delays and uh, speech and language delays, and we went through quite a, a, a trial with him, but he was coming out of it, and he was strong, and he was doing good in school, and he was full of life. I mean, he was the life of the party. He just, he loved to be around people, loved to be around church, and when he turned uh, right around 13 in that age, we hit this place where and everything stopped and uh, he lost, his, lost a lot of his language. He forgot how to, how to, how to brush his teeth. He forgot, he, we'd find him just standing in his room for like 30 minutes in one spot and he doesn't know what to do. And, and we took him to doctors and the doctors 
couldn't explain it. They said, there's, uh, there's no reason that this is happening to your son and there's nothing we can do for him. And uh, as a dad, I just gotta tell you, uh, talk about the valley of the shadow of death, man, I was in it, I was stuck. Because I was thinking, man, what's his future gonna be like? Is he ever gonna get married or have a job or have kids? Is he ever gonna be different than what he is right now? Is this ever gonna, and I remember Julie and I, fear was really starting to take over. And we were like constantly speaking, man, what what if this doesn't change? And what if this doesn't happen? And one day we were, um, we went to the beach to walk on the beach and pray, which is what you do when you live in Florida, you get to go pray on the beach. And so we were walking on the beach praying. I remember crying out to God and I mean, tears crying down my face and as Julie and I were praying and this guy came walking towards us with this t-shirt on. Now, normally I would not tell you to get your theology from a t-shirt on a beach. Because God only knows what that could be. But that day was a word from the Lord to us and on his t-shirt it said, listen to what you know, not to what you fear. Listen to what you know not to what you fear. And we realized right then, we, we had been listening to our fears. In fact, we, that's all we had been talking back and forth. Well, what if this doesn't, what if, what if, what if, what if? And we realized that day, we gotta change. We know that God loves Jefferson more than we love Jefferson. We know that God has a plan for his life to bless him and be a good father to him and give him what he needs. So we are gonna start declaring that over his life. So I want you to know, we went back, man, we started reading the Bible to each other uh, in our house, putting scriptures all over the mirrors and the refrigerator. On days we didn't feel like it, especially on the days we didn't feel like it, we would open up the Bible and begin to declare the truth to God over Jefferson and over our lives. And let me tell you what, declarations are deafening. They silence the foe and the avenger. When you speak the truth of God, the devil can't do his work. And I'll, I'll tell you this, things didn't change right away in our household for Jefferson. He didn't get better right away, but we got better right away. We, we started getting filled with hope and purpose and destiny and faith started to rise up in our hearts and we kept praying over that boy. We had everybody praying on that boy. And let me tell you today, that boy who's 23 years old has a 3.96 GPA in college. Hey, better than his dad. Got a job, leads worship. He's got a girlfriend. They're probably getting engaged this year. So a lot of good things are happening. But let me tell you, it started when we changed and began to declare the truth of God over our situation. We declared God's truth over our trouble, God's sovereignty over our circumstance. And I believe with all my heart that God sent me here this weekend to tell somebody, you need to make a declaration today that's gonna change the course of this year in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.